And he got drowsy because he couldn't understand what Paul was talking about. And mind you, that people would say, I wish I could preach like Paul. Paul was the best of his day. And a young man who couldn't understand what the best preacher was preaching fell asleep during the sermon and fell out of the window the way that the millennial generation fell out of the church. Thank you so much, honey. Bless you. Because they misunderstood the message that Paul was bringing. And they fell three stories. The one story that back down to the ground level, which is where you are. That's where you are. The, the, the first story is where your mom and daddy is. And the third story up there is where your grandparents are. Everything that God does, he's going to do in something that's bigger than you. And he had to send somebody from the third floor to come back down to the first floor to pick him up. And he says, he's all right. He's going to be all right. And a miracle ensued because God will confirm the word, even though you don't understand it, but he'll confirm it with signs and wonders following. And Eutychus, Eutychus is a type of a a generation that fell out of the church in disfavor with the church in their eyes and fell out. They got drowsy, fell asleep and then fell out of the church. And Paul now comes down, takes him up in his arm, not in judgment, but in compassion. Says, come on back home, come on, come back with us. And there he came back and he went upstairs. They went back up to the third floor, not the first and second. He went back to the top floor and they took communion. And I'm telling you, this is a time now to connect, to commune, and to communicate. This is a time where God is saying, I want you to come. This is where you don't understand. uh, uh, This is is a Jacob that's not understanding what Isaac represented and what Abraham represented. And so now here Abraham comes and has to pick up Jacob. The blessing that was, the promise that was given to Abraham was actually fulfilled in Jacob. Because Abraham only had one son of promise. Isaac had two. But in Jacob he had twelve and that's where the nation was born. Because a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. It's the third story. The man fell three stories. It is the same way that when the apostle Paul meets young Timothy. Here's Timothy here. And and, and here he begins to tell him. He says... Timothy, he says, I I, I know the faith that was in your mother Eunice. And it was also in your grandmother Lois. I perceive that it's also in you, Timothy. But it took Paul, a spiritual father, to be able to tell him, stir up the gift of God that's on the inside of you. Because the master hath need of you. He needs you. I hope you hear the Holy Ghost today. He's coming after a generation that has felt disqualified because you've been distracted with video games and distracted with internet addiction and distracted with anxiety and comparison and low self-esteem and feelings of inadequacy. But Jesus said, I want you to go and untie them. Tell them the master has need of them. He has need of you. Tied it up. Pierce, pink hair, green hair, blue hair. 
showed me in Isaiah chapter 6 verse 2 and 3 notice this above him were seraphim you know what a seraphim is an angel it's a baby angel and each with six wings six wings six wings with two they covered their faces with two they covered their feet and with two they were flying can I unpack that for you for just a moment just go back to verse 2 again each with six wings, with two wings, they covered their faces, hidden identity. We got a generation, they don't know who they are, hidden identity. But you're an angel and you don't even know it. You're an angel with two wings, they covered their face. And with two wings, they covered their feet, hidden destination. Hidden destination. And with two wings, they were flying. Now let me put it all together for you. Hear people with two wings, with their faces covered, not knowing who they are, not knowing where they're going, but they're flying to get there. And notice, notice verse 3, notice verse 3, and they were calling to one another. When you don't know what else to do, just call to one another, holy, holy. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth. The whole earth. The whole earth is full. The terra firma is full of his glory. It is full of his glory. He says, declare it before you see it. You release glory out of your mouth. Begin to declare it. The glory is in my house. Glory is in my children. Glory is in my school system. Glory is in my neighborhood. Glory is in my apartment complex. Glory is in my department on the job. Glory. Release the glory. You're carriers of the glory. Your glory producers. Open your mouth and give God the glory. Maybe this is somewhat similar to Paul Revere's midnight ride. Where he was riding through the city, alerting everybody that the British were coming. But these were particular angels that were on a mission to declare the holiness of the Lord. And when the world becomes very unholy, they need somebody to remind the earth that the Lord is holy, 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 holy. Only God is holy. Only God, only God is holy. Only God is holy. The whole earth is full of his glory. And we're called to carry, carry the glory. 
But when a king chooses to ride a donkey, it does not diminish the status of the king. It elevates the glory of the donkey because of what's on his back. It's the glory. It's the glory. It's the glory. The passenger of King Jesus remains the same. The vehicle changes. It's just a mode of transportation. That's a variable. Whether it's a donkey, a colt, that's a variable. It's a mode of transportation. It's how God will get you from point A to point B. But Jesus still needs donkeys to ride. And there are people that I know who want to give you the reasons as to why God can't ride them. Great people like Moses that said, Lord, I, I don't speak well. You choose my brother because his stuttering made him insecure. God was like, I want, no, 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 Moses. I'm going to use your mouth. Your, man, your mouth may not be on point with me yet, but just walk with me. Ride with me. Let me get on your back and ride you, and I'll straighten your mouth out on the journey. And remember, Moses was also not just a stutterer. No, Moses was a murderer. He had killed a man trying to do social justice without the Holy Ghost. When you try to do the agenda of God without God, it, there is no justice without God. We're not into humanistic justice because, listen to it, when you think that is justice, just us is not just us we're carrying a king on our back and he loves them red yellow black and white they're all precious and beautiful in his sight if you're going to have the king he's not going to have schism in his family if you got a problem with anybody else that Jesus has invited to the family table, then your invitation may be revoked. You could find yourself blotted out. There were people that God wanted to use and they did stupid stuff. Noah got drunk. I mean wasted. I mean stripped all his clothes off. He was sloppy drunk. Delirious, oblivious. Gideon suffered with low self-esteem. I guess all that. But God wanted to ride him. Thomas was was a doubter. Martha, she was a warrior. Peter had a bad temper. Elijah was depressed and had suicide ideation. And yet God said, "I'm gonna use you." David had an affair, an adulterer. God said, I'm going to use your boy. Jacob was a cheater. Get this, young ladies. Rahab was a prostitute. She's in the heritage of Jesus. She's one of his ancestors. 
She was flawed, but God said, I'm going to use her for my glory. I know who she's been sleeping with, but I'm getting ready to ride on her with my presence and my glory and I'm going to use her and it's not going to be about it they're going to realize it's who is on her don't let what you've done disqualify you you're not what you have done you're what you have overcome may I remind you of this the past does not define you it prepares you the past does not define you it prepares you the past does not define you it prepares you so what's your excuse can God use imperfect people he has no other kind that he can use and he wanted to ride some that was already bound. I keep a notebook. If you remember in Numbers chapter 22. I'm not in college, but I, I like to learn. Balaam, the prophet, is riding on a donkey. And the donkey starts talking to him because God is talking to him through a donkey. Now, if God could speak through a literal donkey. You see where I'm going? <laughs> Can he not speak through speak through you? You may not feel like a stallion, but Jesus didn't choose the stallion. He chose the low donkey. And he'll ride a colt. It's a new generation that has never experienced a revival move of the Holy Ghost. They've never experienced Jesus on their back and now he's putting a hunger in their belly. If you'll get a hunger in your belly, he'll ride your back. And Jesus asked for both the donkey and the colt. He asked for the mother and the child. It wasn't one or the other. He asked for both. And I'm telling you, the mother here is a picture of the church. And he says, I want both of you. I want the church with its young people, its evangelistic force being turned loose. Jesus started rotting me when I was 14 years old. 14. And when he rode me, he rode right into my high school of 2,000 students where I proclaimed the gospel to all 2,000 of those students for the rest of the time that I was there. He was riding a 14-year-old, a 14-year-old who had never been ridden before. He came down to ride a 14-year-old. And during those teenage years, I was teaching in three separate Bible studies in three separate locations and going to a prison with 2,000 inmates every single month and going to four different nursing homes riding on the back of a teenager. It has nothing to say about me. I didn't do it because I wanted to do it. I'm an introvert. I'm shy. How dare you? 
rob me and make me uncomfortable to get in front of people and I'm shy and introverted. But for your glory, Lord, you have such an amazing sense of humor. It's for your glory. And by the way, when you're an introvert and when you're shy, you never fully grow out of it. I will go places and speak to thousands. And as soon as I'm finished, I'm back in my room because I recharge in solitude. I'm an introvert. For real, for real. I put everything in your box, Queen. But I'm willing to let the king rod me and open and speak through the mouth of a donkey. Will you let him speak through you? Because he's looking for all the time a new ride. Can I tell you this? When you get a new ride, the excitement of your new ride begins to dwindle after about a week or two. I mean, the first few days you had that washing it every day and polishing, getting a little, every little speck off here. But by the time you into the second or third month, you're like shoot, you know, you know, mud okay, splattered all on, on the side of. Hang on, I got a question. But if you get a new ride, there's a new enthusiasm that comes with a new ride. One reason that I believe that Jesus asked for both the mother and her baby is because as Jesus was explaining a parable in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 52, he was giving them a parable of the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus said that this person out of their treasure, they bring things old and new. That he will use both the old and the new. He doesn't distinguish them here. The old and the new. Who in their right mind would throw away old money just because you get new money? It's a treasure. Let them grow up both together. That's all that he's saying. It's a picture of both the young and the old. But he chose to ride the waves of change on the younger one. But he says bring the mother too. Bring the church too. Don't do it without the church. Jesus died for the church. He loved the church. It's his bride comes out of the church. It's amazing. And here's what I want you to see. In a deep dive, I'll just take you through some of my time of just the manna that fell to me this week. Because the manna would fall with the children of Israel, it, it fell early in the morning. And I declare to you, if you'll get up early in the morning, there's low-hanging fruit. The manna from heaven falls early in the morning. And it's interesting that in Joshua chapter 5 and verse 12, it uses these simple words and the manna ceased and the manna ceased do you know why the manna stopped 
It stopped because, you know, the children of Israel had been a transient people. They were nomads. They had been walking for 40 years in the wilderness. So they walked so that everybody over 20 years old died in the wilderness. So there was a whole generation of desert babies. Are you listening? Who were 20 and under that had been born in the wilderness and all of the old folks that had been in Egypt, they walked until all of them died so that he could take a new generation in. But when they got right to the border of the land of Canaan, the scripture says, and the manna ceased. It was how this, that generation had been fed their whole lives by manna. Hey, big sister. But now he brought them to establish them in a land and to give them a land. And so they had to become now not a transient people, but an agricultural people. And the reason that I believe that he let the mother come with the, with the baby, the mama donkey now coming with her coat, her baby, male donkey is because all that the baby donkey had known was manna but the church had known what it was to be planted in a place and have to plant till the soil sow the seed and water they didn't know the process and the only reason that he brings the old with the young is because the young have lived on manners, everything provided for them. But he wanted somebody who has been tilling the soil, are you listening? And sowing the seed and being faithful to water when nothing was spectacular. To teach them the process and to show them the ropes. We call that discipleship. And he's bringing them into a picture of discipleship to say, you've been in my house and I've been paying all the bills and, and you've been leaving the lights on and the water dripping and you've been throwing away stuff out of the refrigerator before it was fully finished and you've been letting my food spoil. Now okay, I'll teach you. Me, uh... Okay, hey y'all. Let me shut this off. Hey, y'all, I'll be back. I'm going to end this. I'll be back because I'm talking to my daughter. Okay, peace out.